Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 228. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games. Uh, I have a good variety of things this week. Um, some of these things are going to kind of extend out of last week in terms of playing some two-player multiplayer stuff. Also went to another kind of, quote, arcade, not really the same kind of arcade as I usually would go to. And then, uh, and also I played a, a few different games here, and um, and also the, the uh, there's a little bit of news this week as well, so... I think it's going to be a well-rounded show overall. So to start here, though, you know, per usual, when people are in town, I, I basically eventually will inevitably, as long as they're interested in it, take them to, to a couple game shops. There's two particular game shops I like here in Las Vegas. So if you're ever here in Las Vegas and you're looking for two game stores, um, the two I always recommend are uh, We Play Games on the east side of town of Las, in Las Vegas. And I don't think the selection at We Play Games is, is great, but it is a a good store overall. It's, like, well-maintained. And uh, the staff is a little... Um, I think they're very... I think they're friendly overall, but they're maybe not, like, outwardly so. So so there's, like, some... I've had some weird interactions with them from time to time. But overall, I think it's been a pretty good, uh, you know, experience overall for me. Um, so I went there, and unfortunately, I wasn't really able to find anything that really jumped out at me there. I feel like the, the, the stock doesn't rotate, super, like, super frequently. So usually, if I go back, there's a lot of the same stuff. But it is a show... Or a, 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 a store that has, like, a lot of, like, anime figures, board games, card game stuff. So a good variety of things. So when you're bringing someone there it's always like a good just kind of spread of stuff as long as they're into like that that kind of space in general um but i got myself a copy of kengo uh, if you don't know what kengo is uh um it is a sword fighting like one-on-one sword fighter kind of game although i think there was a couple later on that maybe branched out a little bit tried some overworld stuff uh but the developer of it is genki um which genki had played a role in, Bush- in bushido blade um, and they also uh, did Kabuki Warriors, which we talked about on the show before, and uh, Spectrobe's Origins on the Wii as well. So they're a developer I've looked into a little bit and played around with a couple of their games. But the Kengo series is something I always wanted to, to, to take some time to look at. Um, and it was, you know, fairly, fairly inexpensive. So I went ahead and just went and picked it up. Um, I have not sat down and had a, had a chance to actually play it yet. But to my understanding, it's largely just kind of like a one-on-one sword fighter. It's not in the Bushido Blade kind of way of like, you know, if you slice like a limb or something, you might uh, like lose the ability to use that limb or like die immediately if you get stabbed in a kind of vital place. Um, but but I believe there might be like a weapon durability system. But I, I, I just haven't had the time to sit down and look at it. So we'll we'll see once I actually sit down and play it. Um, so I didn't really get too much there, but it is a good store overall, I will say, if you're ever in town. Um, the store I really like to go to in town is Retro City Games. Um, the one that is, again, on the east side of town, I think, is a really good location. It's not very pretty overall. It's a very, like, warehouse kind of aesthetic, in my opinion. You know, like, cement floors, stuff's kind of everywhere. When we went there recently, actually, it was it was even more so, like, stuff everywhere. Because apparently some dude just, like, came in and traded, like, a whole truckload worth of stuff in. Um, so if you're listening to this around the time of, of this podcast coming out and you are near <laughs> that, that place, uh, I definitely would ch- recommend going and checking in to see what's there. They have a great selection of, 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 of games. It's just not as, as pretty in terms of the presentation of it all. Um, so they had like a, a, a pretty solid library of box and 64 games. Most of them were fishing games, but <laughs> you know, they're interesting. Some sumo wrestling games, things like that. Um, I, I, if, if I, if I didn't have some other things I already wanted to, to grab, as I'll talk about here in a little bit, I probably would have picked up some of the 64 games. The big thing with the fishing thing, though, is while I'm interested in trying out a fishy game, fishing game, the fishing game I'm most interested in trying out is um, uh, Family or Fishing Resort. I think it's what it came localized as, although it's one of the family games that Namco Bandai put out. So it's kind of like in that whiskey, you know, uh, go vacation kind of space. 
Um, uh, and Yuji Naka, I believe, worked on that game too. So that's that's a Wii game that I've always wanted to check out. That's a fishing game. And there are a lot of other fishing games out there that I've kind of caught my eye, but I've kind of focused on that particular one. So I cut out the, 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 the other ones around. So I was tempted to get one on the 64, specifically the Shigeseto Itoi one, um, just because I don't really know much about it. Uh, but I would imagine given you know Itoi was involved, I would expect that somebody online has done some dive into that game to some degree, right? Um, so, so yeah. So what I ended up picking up while I was there was I got a copy of Sonic Free Riders. It's the very first Connect game I owned, despite having a Connect for the last three years. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing that at some point. I liked Sonic uh, Riders on GameCube. I haven't played the sequel yet. Uh, I think it's called Zero Gravity. But um, you know, I think I'll probably check this one out. And and I, I don't know if I'll ever get around to Zero Gravity. We'll see. I I don't feel like I see a lot of copies of Zero Gravity just just laying around. Um, the other thing I got was, um, Totally Spies, Totally Party. I kind of picked this up on a whim. <laughs> the, I thought that, like, it, the, the, the package was in really nice condition. It was, like, very bright, vibrant, colorful package. I was like, this looks nice. Um, and it's, like, a minigame collection on the back. So, I was like, I'm not expecting a lot out of this. These minigames are probably bad. Um, what I wasn't sure about was it, whether it had, like, a board game component, like a Mario Party. And it does. Um, and I'm glad it does because while the mini games are indeed not good, <laughs> um, or at least in my opinion, they're not great. Um, I, I think the board game element of the game is, is actually pretty cool. Um, I might end up doing a casual review on it because I did end up playing through all of it with my with my friend here while he was in town. Um, so we did go through that whole game, not too super long, like three to four hours. Um, it is not maybe the most exciting game, but I think some of the ideas the board game element has are, are pretty cool. It's almost like a, kind of like a com combat board game in some ways where you're like setting traps for each other. And, and if they land, if you land on the trap, it like explodes and you take damage. And then like, you can also power up those traps through various items and like landing on them and you increase the level of them. And it's a co-op board game as well. So you actually fight against, uh, bosses that have passive abilities and things like that too so it's kind of neat in concept i would say the execution is pretty eh. um and i with the wii version specifically motion controls in that game are not great they do not detect very well um there apparently is a ps2 and a pc version i'd expect those would be a lot more tolerable because i think a lot of the frustration does come from the fact that motion controls get in the way of your ability to to succeed at some of the mini games and things like that so Sat down and played quite a bit of that. So I think I think you will see a short video of that at some point. I'm not making any promises at this point because I don't want to... I'm not. I'm really trying not to guarantee anything too much until it's like near completion at this point. And I have not done anything with Totally Spies, Totally Party yet, other than beat it. So I did get it out of the way at the very least. So I got that. And the other thing I got was a, a copy of Walk It Out, which Walk It Out is a um, Konami game uh, where basically you, you walk around a town kind of thing and there's like some elements to it. I think there's like a... I don't know if it's like a town building element to the game, but there there's more going on than just walking for sure. Um, and I picked it up because Konami has done a lot of these kind of games in the similar spaces like Bandai Namco with like the family trainer games and things like that, where they want to have that kind of market. We talked about it before with like um, winter sports on the Wii, how that packaging and that box art changed significantly to basically look like a Wii ski ripoff. I'm pretty sure Konami was like, looking at what Namco Bandai was doing and being successful with and said, how can we get in there and get some of that money, whether we make a good quality product or not? I think the latter was not really a concern for them, at least looking at games like Winter Sports and some of the other titles they put out with, with a kind of similar thing. Like there's like a Wii fishing game that doesn't look particularly good either. They, they made, um, 
And so Walk It Out, though, when I looked at it, it actually looks like some effort was put into it. And it looks like it might actually be a, a somewhat well-made thing. Um, so I would like to sit down and play that at some point. There's three things you can use. So unlike the Active Life series on the Wii, where you have the, the power pad thing that Bandai Namco requires, and it has a GameCube controller port uh, that needs to be plugged into the GameCube, uh, this game supports either the Konami DDR pad, um, the Wii Balance board, and just using Wiimote and Nunchucks. So they give you the ability to use a variety of things to to play it. Um, I do not have the latter two on that. So I'd, I'd be stuck with using the Wiimote and Nunchuck. So I don't really know for sure um, when I'll sit down and try that out yet. But it, it caught my eye. It was a little like higher price than I like to, to, to do. Um, I usually, when I buy games like that, I'm looking for a price range between you know, five to eight bucks kind of thing. I used to like closer to like a one to five dollar range. But what I found with a lot of game stores recently is that most of them start at five dollars and you don't really find much below that. So I've kind of had to adjust that price range a little bit. Um, so I, I but this was like 15 bucks. So it was a bit higher than I usually would like to. But given my kind of weird interest in this family trainer series and also kind of this weird, um, I don't know if uh, like me taking notice of like what Konami was doing at that time. I want to see what they like, if they tried to make a package like that, if they were ever successful, because I, I, we streamed winter sports and, and I think anyone who's there watching that could probably agree that was maybe not uh, nearly as successful as a game like we ski in terms of execution. There are some neat things, particularly with the, um, I forget what it's called. It's the thing where you like, you ski around and like shoot stuff with a gun. And then like you have, different like types of skiing you do where you're just like walking through the ground. I forget what it's called, but it's like some kind of winter sport where it's like a multi-tier thing that you do that mode. And, and we, um, in winter sports was actually pretty cool because you do replicate a lot of those motions using the Wiimote and nunchuck in a way that I thought was neat, but the rest of the game is just so whatever it, it, it like that. It doesn't matter. Like it's not worth, well, I don't want to say it's not worth getting to that point because it's like an hour long game, but I wouldn't like recommend anybody spend any time with winter sports or anything like that. I only bought it because it looked like a weird knockoff of whiskey and uh, it was pretty different. Um, anyways, so that was my, my purchasing adventures. I did one thing I did buy. I, I, I've been trying to not buy stuff online as much as possible unless they're like new games or if I'm buying through like Vink with Famicom retro or retro, Japan retro direct. Um, I did buy a copy of White Knight Chronicles. I've been looking for a copy of White Knight Chronicles for the P PS3 for probably about like three, four years now. And I just am not finding it in stores anywhere. And I've really been wanting to get it. So I, I opted to eventually just go ahead and buy it online. It was pretty cheap. It was like 12 bucks. So I was like, okay, cool. Good price still. Nobody's like dying to get the copy of White Knight Chronicles. It will note that I'm, I was looking for a copy of White Knight Chronicles 1. White Knight Chronicles 2, I would find out there. And, and, and I know some people would say, well, White Knight Chronicles 2 includes White Knight Chronicles 1 in it. But they changed the game quite a bit between that. Like, like they kind of revamped the mechanics of the game in White Knight Chronicles 2 and applied that to the first part of the game as well. And I want to see what that evolution looks like from White Knight Chronicles 1 to White Knight Chronicles 2. So I don't really want to have it where I just play that entire White Knight Chronicles 1 and 2 experience using the same engine and things like that. So I'm sure it would be interesting to play it that way, see how those kind of things, like, you know, staple together. That's one of the really cool things about Sword Art Online Hollow Fragment is they kind of shoved two games together and the progression of them was very strange because in the case of Sword Art Online Hollow Fragment, you can actually play both games at once. Um, you 
played the uh, I think it's called like Infinite Something, Infinite Something. I can't remember. Um, but you played the PSP story mode, and then you could also go and play the Vita story mode whenever you want, and you'd go back and forth, and they're kind of separate stories in a lot of ways. But how the how the, like the the leveling system progressed between those two different worlds was actually pretty different, but you were still the same character with the same levels. So it's a weird game. Sort of along for Hollow Fragment is a strange title in general. So, um, but yeah, so. That is what I did. That is the that is the things I bought, and then also I played through Totally Spies, and I feel good about playing through Totally Spies. Glad I played it. I would not really recommend it to anyone, at least the Wii version, but uh, but I think there's some interesting things worth talking about there once I get around to that. Um, we also finished up Sonic and the Black Knight on on stream, and uh, we did do our community review of that. I I ha- I hate to say it, I'm not a fan of Sonic and the Black Knight. I did go and watch somebody's video on it. I can't remember who that was, unfortunately. I'll link it in the card thing on the um the the, the YouTube and also on uh the Anchor FM. I'll put in like the description on the uh the, the actual podcast itself. But I did watch somebody's video kind of defending Sonic and the Black Knight because if you don't know, Sonic the Black Knight came out and most people did not like it. Um, I think I generally agree with kind of the main points people have with Sonic of the Black Knight when it comes to the combat kind of, I think in my opinion, the combat doesn't really know what it's trying to be. I don't know if it's trying to keep your momentum or if it's trying to have something that's a bit more precise. It doesn't feel like it's really doing either or. So it kind of feels like a mess. Um, and the video I watched basically uh, actually kind of agreed with me that they're like, yeah, it's kind of a mess when you interact with most of the mechanics. Uh, but their argument was that the the airspin attack you do was very, very um, uh, satisfying. And it would kind of like combo between enemies, which is something I didn't really find happening as much. I'm not sure with, with those secret rings and like storybook games uh, uh, in general, there's kind of like a skill system to some degree. They're very different between the two games, but when it comes to Black Knight, like you can equip different classes and can unlock different things with those classes depending on how well you do, higher ranks you get. So maybe I just didn't get the skill, the skills I needed to to play the character in that way, kind of thing. Uh, but you know, I definitely think it's it's a game that there are there's there's a space for it to succeed, and I think if you ignore a lot of the things that I was kind of hoping to get out of it, um, you probably would would enjoy it more. Than, than I did but um yeah so we did our community review and uh <laughs> I th- it was pretty d- divisive on that I think for the most part we kind of landed in like a 2.0 to 2.5 range so our final score I believe was 2.5 quite a bit higher than I think I would have given it I-, I really hate to say it but I really think that game is is the core combat of the game is is kind of a key feature and I, fe- I feel like it just just crumbles apart in a way that makes the rest of the game just really hard to enjoy. But it is a game that has definitely production value behind it. It's a great looking game. Uh, I think the voice acting is, you know, pretty typical of Sonic voice acting, but I thought it was pretty good. I think like kind of the world um, elements in terms of like, you know, learning about the characters and how they're kind of distinct entities versus like the real Sonic world kind of thing. That's kind of a fun thing. Um, I don't think the story is particularly, didn't really draw me in. I say, you know, having streamed it, which is when streaming, it's always hard to kind of, you know, process a story in my opinion um but uh the, the impression i got was like the, 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 there's definitely some interesting aspects to how they kind of try to implement sonic into that world but maybe it doesn't really amount to all that much or at least not in a way that i think is very um on a surface level very apparent like kind of what's happening what the tensions are in the story and things like that so it was a cool game, but um, or at least I, I like the idea of it, but in the actual execution, I, di- I did not love it, unfortunately. So, 
I feel like there's a lot of Wii games recently where I've been a little disappointed, um, which, you know, being a big fan of the Wii is always like a, a bit of a sad thing. But, you know, not every game can be great, especially when you're buying these kind of like bottom of the barrel titles. I mean, Sonic the Black Knight is, I think, eh, I paid like 10, 10 bucks for it. So. But, but you know, that's an IP that people know about. But we're talking about like things like Battle Rage, stuff like that. It's not going to be nearly as good. Although I'm still very happy with uh, Kekaishi, which I talked about last year, week. And uh, I did go ahead and create a uh, casual review for Kikaishi. So I don't know when that's going up yet. I'm still trying to, you know, figure out how things are going to roll out. But I think at this point, kind of the the, the the stance I'm taking at the moment is just October's kind of shot for me in general. So I'm just going to kind of let October be shot. And then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll recover next month, basically, um, and try to figure out what we're putting out then and, and what makes the most sense. So... Um, I also played a little bit more EDF this week. Nothing really new there. Um, it is a long... EDF 4.1 specifically is a very long game. We've put close to like 10 hours into EDF 4.1, and I think we're like only a quarter of the way through the game. Admittedly, that is like... We're talking about like normal story missions as far as I can tell. Like that, that is throwing aside the different difficulty levels, playing as different classes and things like that. I think our actual completion rating is like 3% or something like that. Something ridiculously low. But EDF demands a ton out of you when it comes to that stuff so nothing really new there just playing the typical wing diver flying around shooting stuff weapon variety has been slowing down a little bit um i do know that there are like weapons that are particular to like inferno mode or at least I, to my understanding i should say i shouldn't say i do know about something that i don't actually know about but to my understanding there's like inferno mode weapons in, in edf that are a bit more extreme and kind of uh, the effect they have. So I don't really know what the road looks like in normal mode. And if we're just kind of stuck with what our current loadout is, just kind of like slightly altered versions of them or slightly power, more powerful versions of them. Um, and, and then like the more extreme stuff only comes if you actually really dedicate the time to going to the higher level difficulties and things like that. So I'm good on EDF fans for putting up with all, all that EDF content. And like, it is like kind of good mindless fun. Right. But the amount of time it takes to get through those missions feels like a really long time. So maybe there's a way to get through EDF missions faster that I'm not aware of. But but yeah, uh, I kind of meant to talk about this earlier, but I didn't really. Uh, I, I kind of put it weird, in a weird place in my notes. But I also went to um, a place in town here recently uh, in Las Vegas here called Pink Wawa. Um, which is actually like a crane game place, uh, that essentially can go and play a bunch of crane games, get a bunch of stuffed animals and things like that out of the crane machines. Um, it is a bit more, I think I'm not a huge fan of like the crane games at round one, because I feel like the, the stuff inside is usually stuff I'm not like super interested in, but you know, there is like the, the Q, Q pocket or whatever it's called series of anime things you can get in there. But I feel like the, the variety of stuff in round one is that's not as good as the variety of stuff you get in Japan and those kind of crane games. Um, it's usually just like a big, a bunch of big stuffed animals. And then also the, 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 the two pocket characters, I feel like is, is all you really get out of that. Uh, but this place had a good variety of like different types of stuffed animals. Maybe not like too many big brand stuff. I get the feeling that this place is maybe not like completely on the up and up on, on terms of what products they're offering in there. I could be wrong about that. I don't know crane game stuff at all, but like just the, 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 the types of items in there felt a little weird. Um, but yeah, I went ahead and played a, played a handful of games there. Um, uh, me and my friend won one stuffed animal each. So had a good time with that. The thing I really wanted to sit down and do is, um, they had children's arcade games there. And these are arcade games I've never seen before. One looks like, like a, almost like a transformer. Uh, the other one was like, just like a steering wheel on a, on a machine. And then there's a couple other ones that I, I can't remember what they looked like. 
Um, and I was really curious about what these were, especially after playing that uh, Kick Through Racers at a uh, Game Nest last week. I loved Kick Through Racers. It's like kids, you know, racing game where you kick the the wheel on the back so you go faster um, on a scooter, basically. Um, so I was kind of hoping to get something that was closer to that experience. Um, but what instead of what it was were these strangely unlabeled systems. So there's like no real game names on them, or at least no no particular names. And depending on the machine you got, there were sometimes multi-cades. So the first one I played was like a, the, the Transformers one that had like guns on it. And it was kind of like, it felt like kind of a cheap mobile shooter in some ways. Like just, it just felt like, um, I don't know, there just was not a lot, not a lot of feedback going on and it didn't fe- seem particularly fun. And weirdly enough, it was time-based. So we actually did not lose like any health, but like in the middle of the second mission, we suddenly got a game over and it started asking for more credits. Um, because the timer ran out. Although, as far as I can tell, the the camera kept moving most of the time. So I don't think it was like a, hey, you need to kill things faster or something like that. Um, but you could s- choose between like four different worlds and they all had different themes and things like that. It, it was not particularly good, uh, I will say. Um, and But and, like part of me was like wondering, was, like maybe this is like some kind of like phone tablet thing that is sitting in this device. But it did have like actual um, like graphics and things for the gun itself. And it said like insert coins and things like that. So, so it was built, at least that version of it was built specifically for that machine. The weirder one was the one that was called like, I think Go Go Racer is what the label was on it. Although I don't think that's the name of the machine. I think it was just saying Go Go Racing or something on it. Um, and this had a steering wheel, but it had a large number of multi-cade games all kind of focused around racing, things like that. So I played some like horse game, I forget what it's called. Um, and it, that really seemed like a very cheap, cheap, like mobile game. But however, when you started the game up, it gave you instructions and the instructions they showed you, um, were, uh, using a machine that was not that machine. So it's like a plastic horse thing and how to like ride the horse. So the, the game worked as far as I can tell using just the steering wheel, but it was interesting to see that it was like emulating some other, uh, arcade system. None of the games in there were anything I ever recognized. I'd imagine they're all kind of the same quality, uh, but they just all seem like very cheap mobile games. At the same time, they seem to be built for arcade machines. So, so yeah, I wasn't really sure what was going on with that. The one I was playing seems to be kind of an edutainment title. Um, basically, you had a horse, you go and you can collect animals, and when you collect the animals, it would say the name of the animal above it. It wasn't seem to be like a score system or anything like that. Um, although I think there was health, because health, I think you could run into fences and like, you know, hurt yourself. Although, I'll be honest with you, after a certain amount of time, I was like, okay, I'm done with this and kind of walked away. So it's a little disappointing that it was so um, just kind of like low effort stuff. It reminds me of like what you kind of get when you like go on YouTube for kids YouTube and you end up on like some really weird places on kids YouTube where it's like this weird low effort thing that was put out sometimes with like copyrighted material in it. And, and just being like, what is going on? Uh, yeah, just like weird, weird stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think Pink Wawa was fine. I think the crane game stuff is really what you want to go there for. The arcade stuff seemed pretty throwaway. There was like a more traditional multi-cab there on like a small machine. So if you are looking for like a small multi-cab that like kids could play with, I could see that. And it seems to have the usual stuff on there, like Street Fighter and stuff like that. But really the crane game stuff is, is kind of the, the, the fun out of it. But you won't find, I think, too many like, um, too like 
it's not gonna be like a Japanese crane game experience where like a bunch of like recognizable characters and things like things like that. Uh, but for someone like me who likes a bunch of weird stuff already, that's not a big deal. I'm just like, what's the cute one? Give me the cute one that's in there. And I got like this little, uh, I, I could go grab it, but like, like I got this little guy with like a little <laughs> flappy piece of hair and like he's holding a little cat. And I was like, that's cute. There's a girl that I wanted as well. I wanted to get both of them. Um, but unfortunately I was not able to get the girl. So I burned all my money, spent 15 bucks trying to get uh, both of them together, but walked away with just one. So rest in peace. But Pink Wawa seems okay. I don't think I'll go there again in the near future, at least not without somebody else uh, joining in for that. So in terms of game news this week, pretty light. Uh, basically, uh, the things I wanted to kind of highlight were one, uh, the Nintendo Switch online pricing. There's been plenty of conversations about this online, so I don't think I need to say too much. I think I'm, I'm very much in the camp of everyone else. Like, hey, that's kind of a, a steep price. Um, although I, I, the thing I would always encourage anybody when they see anything that's like a higher price than they expect, or at least something like this, where it's like, you know, not required to, to live or something like that is, you know, you can always make the choice not to buy it. Right. And, and that is Nintendo's Nintendo's choice to charge $30 a year extra for their Nintendo 64 games. Um, so it's interesting if you didn't see it, basically the, the Nintendo 64, um, uh, uh, virtual console, as well as the Genesis Virtual Console will be locked behind this basically $30 upgrade plan for the year. Current current uh, uh, Nintendo's online service is $20 a year, so in total it's $50 if you get the expansion pass, um, which is, puts it in line about what you would expect with PlayStation Plus, things like that. Um, except for, you know, so Nintendo's not particularly known well for their, their online services being, you know, good. Um, although I think the stuff like with like Tetris 99 and Mario Brothers 99 or whatever it was, um, are, are very cool. And, and I think, I hope they're going to continue to do that. And I do like this approach that Nintendo seems to be taking, which is provide exclusive content, not like just giving you free stuff occasionally, just like, well, you're getting free stuff, but it's like stuff that is specific to that service, not Something that is like, oh, I'm going to get, you know, the new Splatoon kind of thing. Um, although in saying that, one thing they are also doing is that if you buy or you you, you upgrade your service, you're going to get the new Animal Crossing DLC um, for, uh, well, not free, but, you know, it is a part of that subscription. And then if you unsubscribe, you lose access to that DLC. Um, so basically, you know, they, they basically are going to be charging you access for that long-term access to that DLC, but you can buy the DLC on your own for, for cheap. But, you know, if you plan to keep the service active, you know, it is maybe potentially a money saver there. Uh, but if you are, if you are not, you know, playing to play Nintendo 64 or Genesis games, you know, regularly, then I, I think it's one of the things you can sit down and wait for more. Um, I think the big thing would be, you know, just getting a better idea from Nintendo, you know, how much of this they really want to invest in, in terms of like the DLC aspect of it. I think if they spent more time, um, like say for example, taking old DLC for old games and saying, Hey, you're going to get free access to all the DLC in these games. If you like subscribe to this elevated service, that would give people more of an idea of what they're trying to do. Assuming that is what they're trying to do. Um, if, if this is a one-time thing they're doing for some weird reason, then, then maybe that doesn't make a lot more, a lot, of, a lot of sense, but either way, it's a very steep price. I think for most people, I think for me personally, if somebody sits down and says like, Hey, I'll play some Nintendo 64 games online with you for a month or whatever. Um, I'd be into checking that out with somebody and just, or even like an evening or something, just doing it once. 
pay for the month or whatever and then just like move on with my life kind of thing i don't think i'd keep like a consistent expansion pass service without some major updates to to that that would you know get me interested but you know if you're if you're only playing nintendo switch it's 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 you know you're in that ecosystem that is the place that you're gonna play nintendo 64 games right where i have my 64 down here and i can play indiana jones and the infernal machines whenever i please whenever i want to however you guys all know that i've been sitting on that game for about a year so you know it's definitely not the highest of priorities, but I do want to finish it at some point. It is staring me in the eyes. It always is staring me eyes at me in the eyes. 2021, the year of Indiana Jones looking at me. Hey, maybe that's something we'll do before the end of the year. I'll force myself to finish Indiana Jones in the Infernal Machine. It's a good game, by the way. I like it. I just kind of um, got distracted and ended up doing other things, unfortunately. So, But I will, I will finish it before we're, we're done there. Um, but yeah, and that is... Uh, uh, and then there's the actual um, Animal Crossing content itself. Um, you know, they have the free DLC as well as the paid DLC. I think it's kind of nice the way they package that together with the free DLC where they basically um, made it so you, uh, you know, it's basically all the old content that they haven't really added to Animal Crossing already in terms of old features. There are a lot of things in there that I was like, actually, I thought that was already in New, new um, not New Leaf, New Horizons. I thought it was actually already in there, um, but actually it was not, apparently, because they're adding it in now. And then the DLC stuff seems to be all kind of based around Happy Home Designer, which is kind of a weird thing to bring back. But I think that is a better way to bring that back, in my opinion. Like, like it was weird to me that Happy Home Designer was its own thing. And then that, like, the aspects of that game did not seem to ever come back into the main Animal Crossing game. You know, I say this as somebody who has not played Happy Home Designer, um, but like, but my my idea of what that game is and what it had added, it was strange to me that was not a part of the main Animal Crossing package going forward. So, um, it's kind of neat to see them add that in, and I think it's probably worth the money. I, really, I think people have been kind of asking for that Animal Crossing DLC since March, so it makes a lot of sense. Although it sounds like they, I don't know if I saw this confirmed or not, but I saw some people saying that this is technically the final DLC. They said. I, I don't remember in the direct if that's what they actually said or not, but either way, um, you know, seems fine. People seem to still be excited for it, so that's that's fun. I just don't think you're going to get that many more holiday things, it sounds like, at this point. It's just going to be kind of filling in those, those those gaps in the content of where it's at. It'd be nice if they release a package at the end of the of all this that is like the complete game on the cart for people, weird people like me, although I would not buy it probably, um, but, you know, just to for me to feel better that it's out there. <laughs> I think you would have some people who'd go ahead and buy that that package, but but yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I want to talk about a little bit was uh, Fantasian. I think that's what it's called, Fantasian. Um, that is the the Hironobu Sakaguchi game, and apparently the uh, the game itself uh, that was the the it's on iOS. I think Apple Arcade specifically. Um, they apparently got one million downloads, which I'm not really sure how Apple Arcade works. If I recall correctly, it's like a subscription service, and then so you subscribe and then you just download whatever. So like, what does that actually mean in terms of success? I don't really know. Uh, Sakaguchi's tweet seemed to be saying that it was a a good thing, or at least he was he was, he was happy that that it hit one million downloads. I don't know if that means it's a financial success or not, but, um, uh, you know, at the very least I can say is if it is a success, I'm glad, I'm glad he found one. Cause I feel like here, or I feel like Sakaguchi outside of the Terra battle, you know, having a little bit of time where it was, was doing well. I feel like for the most part, that series has been kind of, um, or the, his games in general have been kind of underperforming in a lot of ways, maybe deservedly. So depending on how you feel about it. Um, but I, I'm glad he found some sort of success. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what he what he has in the future. I think they have, I don't know if they've released both parts yet or if they still need to release the second part of Fantasian, but 
Um, it'd be nice if they bring those to other platforms too. I know a lot of people don't have iOS devices. I do not. I don't think I would play it, unfortunately. But, you know, the more accessibility for that stuff, the better, I think, for sure. So... And that's pretty much it in terms of the, the, the normal stuff, including the news and things like that. As I mentioned earlier, I plan to have a Kikaishi video come up. I'm just not quite sure when it's going to come out yet. I'll let you know, though. I also did some progress on some other videos, uh, basically just doing a bit more editing on, on one, kind of reworked one pretty significantly. Um, so it's getting pretty close to, to, you know, me being able to put it together and finish it. Again, thank you guys for your patience on things. Um, one thing that I, I I did notice that I was not aware was happening was uh, I did have YouTube communities uh, opened up to me on YouTube, apparently. Uh, I believe beforehand the prerequisite for that is you needed 1,000 subscribers. Um, I'm only at 710 or something like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I did not have the ability to use YouTube communities, but now I do apparently. <laughs> um, so what that will help me do is just be able to do more like direct messaging to people who are subscribers and things like that. So hopefully I can, you know, set expectations a little better than just, you know, the 10 to 15 people who watch this podcast on YouTube and then the people who tune into the podcast over on anchor or whatever podcast platform they're on. Right. Um, and then that will also help me maybe be a bit more consistent with being able to do polls that might better reflect, you know, what the audience's needs are versus just like, you know, my individual Twitter groups or discord groups, having a, a place that I can kind of consolidate that communication, I think will be, will be good. So I haven't sat down and done anything with it yet, but you should, um, you should expect to see it sometime soon. So in terms of stream stuff, now that Sonic and the Black Knight's done, uh, we're going to be playing uh, just some random games next week. I've got kind of a pile of games on my desk that I want to sit down and spend some time with just to check out before I put them on the shelf, basically, for the most part. Um, so we'll be doing that next week. So if you want to come by and just see some random imports, random other games, things like that, you know, we'll be playing games probably largely for the Wii, PS2. I think there's a couple Dreamcast games in there as well. Um, PCFX, we'll see. I feel like my PCFX is very stream shy. Whenever it goes on stream, the disk drive seems to stop working. Um, so I don't know what's, why that is the case. When I'm not streaming, it seems like it plays a lot nicer. But anyways, having a good time. Uh, or, uh, you know, looking forward to, to doing that next week, and I hope you guys join in for that. And then the week after that, I'm planning to do a Halloween stream. However, I will be out of town Thursday. So I'll be doing the stream on Wednesday. Not this week, but next week I'll be doing the stream on Wednesday. So I'll schedule that out. Uh, we're going to be playing a Nintendo 3DS game by Capcom. That's kind of like a, I think it's called like a sound adventure or something like that. But it has kind of mini game aspects to it. I hear it has some weird Capcom crossovers in it as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to guess it's a text heavy game, I will say. It's a Japanese game as well, so we may have problems getting through it on stream, um, but I'm going to give it a, a, a good go, and we'll see what happens, and if worst case scenario, you know, happens, we can eject and do something else, but I would like to really sit down and kind of focus on it and see if we can we can spend some time with it and, and enjoy it, because it does have a really nice looking aesthetic. I went ahead and scanned all the manuals and stuff as well, so I'll go ahead and get that uploaded to archive.org at some point too. Um, and then after that, I think a long-term stream plan is going to be for Sword of Etheria, which is, uh, or Etheria, sorry. Um, and I believe it's Etheria. I can't remember if it's Etheria or Etheria. They say it in the game at some point. I think it's Etheria. Um, and, and that is a Wizard of Oz PS2 action RPG, um, that is, uh, released only in Europe and Japan. So, so we'll be playing that, um, released by Konami actually is the, the publisher. I forget who actually worked on it. I feel like it might be like a Tokyo studio game. Um, from Konami, but I can't remember for sure. 
And one last thing, I went ahead and made a post about this on the website that's going up, um, but basically uh, Queen City Side Quest is a, uh, a blog on the internet or, or website. It's a WordPress page actually, but they're doing like a similar to what I used to do with the video gaming bits over on Tumblr where they write um, every day about a particular game. Um, they've been doing that, which is a, a great exercise in my opinion. That's, that's where I probably... A lot of where I kind of went today with how I write kind of came out of that process. So I think doing something like that is always like a great learning process. So he's been doing that for a while now. Um, but he reached out to me a while ago around the time the PCFX video came out. And he went to talk to me about a particular game that I thought was interesting or something along those lines. Um, so I pick, uh, decided to talk about uh, Doraemon, Nobuita, and the Three Fairy Stones. Um, which, if you don't remember, is that Nintendo 64 Doraemon game that I really like. Um, so we talk a little bit about that. He interviews me with some questions. It's not a uh, audio thing. It's just a, a written thing. So it's on his his website as an article. But I'll go ahead and link it on my website and also be linked in the description here um, for you to, to check out as well. So if you want to see uh, a little bit of a conversation about that game and, and why I think, uh, what I think about that game in a lot of ways, then there you go. I do want to make a video on that game at some point. So if you want to get some insight into what my thoughts are, into that Doraemon game. You can look at it there. I uh, don't know when that will happen. Nintendo 64 content has not exactly been the forefront of my focus recently, but I do still want to get back to that and also Legacy of Darkness. I think there's still room for me to do a good Legacy of Darkness video at some point. So so we'll get to that eventually. Um, but otherwise, other than that, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, my week should be returning to be slightly more normal for this upcoming week. But then again, like I said, I'll be out of town again the week after that. So, um, so things should normalize though in early November, but that's, you know, when all holiday stuff happens. So things start getting all wonky again, end of year stuff, right? It always is kind of all over the place. Um, also, we also have a, we're watching wild on, on, um, the discord channel on Saturday, uh, this upcoming week. Um, so at Saturday at 7 PM Pacific time, uh, we'll be watching a movie. I don't know much about it, but it seems like kind of a goofy kind of action movie kind of thing that was made in Japan guy with glasses and like a gun and, and he just makes a bunch of weird comments about rock and roll all the time it seems like so um yeah that, that is there um and we will be there if you want to join in for that you can go to the website and go to the discord tab at the top and you go ahead and get invited to the discord group i also have a um notification that can be set up so you receive notifications when we we uh announce events and things like that so let me know if you want to receive the notifications that i can go ahead and set your, you up in discord to receive those notifications from that chat as well so yeah. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. Welcome to the website, and hope you have a great week. Bye.